Hello and welcome everybody to another spectacular, as John just gave me that word, episode of the Heat Ratio. I'm your host, Tony Cotillo, at TCotillo23, along with my co-host, John Coker, at PGHJohn36. And we are known as the Heat Ratio Podcast, and we're going to get right into it because I'm excited. You know I'm excited? The Phillies signed an ace. Are you excited, John? Yeah. I, no, I am. I think I think it's a it's a very good major league signing, you know, for that team. Hey, is is he an ace? I don't know, in the true sense of an ace, but it's a heck of a signing for the Phillies, and really, you know, that takes a lot of pressure off the back end of the rotation. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's it was a move. I think we all see we all foreseen coming. I think. Uh, Obviously, Jake is a Scott Boris client, so when you deal with Scott Boris, it's always a always a fun ride. But you know, he wanted a lot of money. He wanted a five year deal, five for one hundred twenty five. Uh, the Phillies signed him for three for seventy five. Uh, there are some options in there. Uh, I think the Phillies can opt out after two years. Uh, can become a three year deal. Could become a five year deal. There's there's a, a lot of different scenarios that can be played out. But I think. The important thing was to get an arm in here. And like you said, is he a true ace? I do think he's a true ace. Um, I do. He, he, are you going to get the, the, the Jake that you got, you know, the one to Cy Young? No. Um, are you going to get the Jake that went 14-10 and 10 with a 3.3 ERA last year? Sure. Uh, but on this team, you know, listen, if you I got 14, 15 wins, uh, you know, with a, with, with a subpar 3 ERA, I mean – that's really saying something. I mean, you pair him with a guy like Aaron Nola, uh, then you have two guys on the top of the rotation probably win about combined is 28 games out of the realm. I don't think it is. Uh, so it, it's definitely a guy also that has been there, been in World Series. He's been in the playoffs. Um, he can teach these young guys how to play. So uh, I think it was a very, very, very important signing for the Phillies. Yeah, it definitely was. I mean, that I – you know, I said it a couple of weeks ago. I think getting him on board, you know, that it's making the Phillies they're competing for a wild card this year. I mean, I'm you could talk the division. I mean, who knows? This is the same, you know, talk we had for the Eagles uh, preseason. It was, you know, maybe we get in for the wild card or whatever, you know, oh, if we make the playoffs, that that's like the best thing ever. You never know how it's going to go. So I think they're going to be competing for the wild card. Looks like they got enough firepower on offense. Um, you know, if the pitching can lock it down a little bit. Hey, Velazquez is your number three. I mean, I've I've always liked him for I mean for years, even back when he you was like on. Vinny? Oh yeah, I liked him back when he was on uh, Houston. He scares me. Yeah. Well, yeah, but now he's your number three. He's yeah. your number three now, yeah, and that, that is, is yeah, but he can't go more than three innings. Well. Well, that's something to worry. He's still a young pitcher, though. I mean, he's still young. Yeah, but he he has he has some real bad control problems. He does. Hey, how, there's tons of young pitchers that have all, and that's what it is. All these young yeah, but guys, how many? All it, these young guys with electric stuff, but they can't harness it or get through five innings. Tyler Glass now is no different. He's the exact same guy. He'll throw a heater in triple-digit heater, can't locate it for nothing, doesn't have necessarily a third pitch that he could throw for strikes. He's like if he could get a second pitch Yeah, but Vinny has like four pitches. And the problem, when does being young stop being an excuse? Eventually, you got to say this guy can't pitch. Like, I'm not saying he can't pitch. I, I shouldn't say that. But what I'm saying is that eventually maybe this guy is not a rotation pitcher. I still think he's a closer. I still think his moxie makes him to be a closer. I think one inning of Vince Velasquez is lights out. Two to three innings of Vince is no good. And I think you preserve him for the long haul. He's already had forearm problems. He's had elbow problems. He's had shoulder problems. I think it's the Brett Myers effect. I really think it is. I think it's this guy has a mental block. When he gets in, he gets too anxious. He gets too excited. He can't consume himself well when he gets further and further into the game. And I think being a closer, I think it, think about this. If he was a closer, issues here. But I still think Vinny needs to be a closer. Just, I, I mean, I, I don't know what well, other way. I don't know how many more times we have to see him go out five innings, throw 130 pitches. Okay, he can't get out. He walks eight. How many times are we going to see that? That's all I'm saying. Well, he's only been on the fields for what two years? Uh, I think it's three, right? 
I thought it was only two. But I don't know. Regardless. Either way, yeah, you're he, right. He was you're a regardless. super young guy. He was with Houston. You get traded to another team. You're getting acclimated to another team. Different pitching staff. These young guys, they're trying to work through their mechanical issues, and it doesn't always happen. You may be right, you know, that he can't handle the workload, but I still think he's a little too young and too early to tell. I mean, so, that's, just, that's just my gut feel. So you, you, you mentioned this a little more. Uh, we'll elaborate a little bit. You mentioned it, but you said, you know, my question was, does this make them an instant contender? Um, you know, it, it's a big move. It's a big move for a team who really had nothing over the last three years, right? And we, we, we have we have died for our sins, just like the Sixers with the Phillies, okay? We have gone through so many stiffs that we finally had meaningful baseball, it looks like, that'll be in September. Um Mikey Gooch checks in and says, I asked him the same question. Our boy Gooch says, wild card conversation, definitely. Uh, I agree. I, I think we're we're 100% a wild card contender, uh, and I don't think we're done. I think that we're going to sign another pitcher. I think they have seen enough in spring training out of our boy Vinny. Uh, Jared Eichhoff has been terrible. He has been terrible. 0-2, 7.4 ERA horrendous and I like Eichhoff I think Eichhoff has the best stuff out of any pitcher on that staff he just can't control it again another guy can't get out of innings and when do we finally start looking at the pitching coach when do we finally start saying what you know what is going on why why can't these pitchers develop we have not developed a pitcher Aaron Nola besides Aaron Nola because we still don't know what he's going to do yet Probably since Cole Hamels. Am I right or wrong here? Yeah. So it, it, it's scary to me that we've had all these arms in the bullpen. You know, we the, the Nick Pivettas, the Ben Livelys, the Zach Efron's. You know, all these guys or Eflin, Zach, Zach Efron. I'm thinking that High School it Musical. Took me like Every, a second. Yeah. I was like, yeah. what? Everybody can tell I have a daughter. Okay. But um, yeah, yeah. You catch me watching that from time to time. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. But no. Uh, I mean, hashtag Zach yeah, F on this Zach, week, guys. <laughs> I'm never going. Yeah, you know, my buddy's going to be listening. I can say his name, but he kills me every week. I go in and, you know, we talk about the show. And he, oh, you messed this word up. You talk, you know, and I always say, yo, buddy. Talk for an hour and see what happens. You know what? Everybody messes a word up here and there. But Zach Efron, uh, you know, no, no Zach Efron. Uh, I messed that one up. But, no, seriously, I'm tired of all the, you know, uh, what's the other guy? Mark Appel. Another guy. we Jake Thompson. Another guy. Uh, these guys have not developed. I, You know, we, we Sixto Sanchez we keep hearing about. Okay, that's fine. That's one guy. We need going forward. That's the problem. Yeah. No, I have, hey, I've been through it with the Pirates and all these. They, oh, they, come, they come with the arm, you know, these young arms. These, they throwing, throwing heaters. This guy's, you know, supposed to be this and that. And. You know, it doesn't come through. And I'll tell you what, Ray Serge, he's he's the best, one of the best pitching coaches in the majors. And he's had reclamation projects with tons of guys. Lariano, right? That, Lariano, that's the last one I remember, Francisco Lariano. A, or A.J. Burnett coming over. A.J. Burnett. Yep. I mean, there's there's a whole list of them. Guy, Edinson Volquez, he uh, came over, same another thing. Good, yeah. there's, there's a bunch of them. But even him, like... Tyler Glasnow, he still can't quite harness his stuff. He's a tall, he's like a Randy Johnson. Garrett Randy Cole, Johnson. Right? Garrett Cole was another one. Randy Johnson oh, didn't harness Randy his Johnson. stuff until he was up. He was not, he didn't develop like your normal no. prospect. People forget about you, that too. You have to, when you have that type of build, it just takes a lot of these guys a little longer. That's not to say that they'll there'll ever be a Randy Johnson, but. I mean, that's just the nature of the beast. You get these these guys, a lot of them, all that wear and tear that they do through college and through the minors, that's innings on the arm. Uh, you know what I mean? Innings you know, that's on a good the arm. Point, man. And especially nowadays, point. pitchers, you look at it, there's pitch counts in, you know, 11-year-old baseball, 10-year-old baseball. That's unbelievable. you got pitch counts and day counts and – there's arguments, and you know what I mean. It's so it you got to look at the work that's going on on all these arms, and you wonder why you know some of these flame th flame throwers, Tommy John, this and that. I mean, there's 50, 50 million different injuries. The lats, the backs. I mean, people are just throwing heat, but a lot of the younger guys they they can't harness it. You know what I mean? They just can't. Yeah, it happens. It. It, you bring up a good point with 
you know, with the Tommy John surgeries and the pitch counts because, you know, I, I it was probably about three years ago uh, I read an article about how many the percentage of Tommy John surgeries has just increased year after year after year. And I don't think people realize, I mean, the, you know, you, you have boys, I have boys, we know from youth sports, these kids from eight years old are getting taught how to throw a curveball. So I change up. It's just wrong. It is, and I, I hate to say it, but you know, you, you your arm, your elbow is not supposed to flex that way for a number of years. And I think back in the day, you know, when when, when a, a player probably didn't get till maybe he was about you know seventeen or eighteen before he started developing these mechanics. Now you're talking ten years prior, right? Yeah. You're adding another ten years. I mean. Another thousand to two thousand innings on this kid. It is. It's a scary, scary prospect going forward because I think that's why you keep seeing these injuries crop up. But I mean, when it when it comes to the Phillies, and we talk, I mean, who who's next? I, I who is next? Is is there another guy out there? I, I I'm very adamant that I think they go and I think they should go sign Alex Cobb. I do. I, I said it earlier. I've said it on this show. Um. I'm going to say it again. Here's a guy who, again, he's had some injury issues, right? You know from fantasy. But when he's on, he's on. And, I mean, now that that rotation, you go Ariadne, you go Nola, you go Cobb, that's a pretty formidable line of top three guys going into the playoffs. Uh, some people would be scared of that. Yeah. No, it's, it, it put, I mean, it's not up there with – you know, the Dodgers or anything, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you could add them, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, you can go out there and say, we have plenty of money, man. Well, we have plenty of money. That's good. But if you're looking to do something long-term with some of the free agents coming out next year, that Manny Machado, Bryce Harper, if if the, uh, the Julio Franco experiment, Duds out again this year. Do you move you just on? Say Julio Franco. Or yeah. So you're yeah. talking about my Zac Efron. Yeah. You said Julio Franco. You just went I'm back in the 20 same years. sport. Come Get on, man. Here, Zac Efron, dude. That shouldn't even. That shouldn't all right, even. All right, all right. Uh, yeah. I'll give you yeah, that. Yeah. Thank you. I'll give you that. Anyway, yeah. but Mikel Franco. I mean, he. I'm saying his. I. I think this is a make or break year for him. You know what I mean? Uh, and, I agree. And if you want to go after Machado. Um, what Harper's going to be out there? You want to? I mean, not that the outfield's not, you know, kind of plugged up, but you still don't turn down one of them guys. You know what I mean? If you can go and sign it, so I'm just saying you got to watch dishing out this type of cash to Arietta, then you dish out this cash to Cobb. Which, while it's a good addition, if you're looking for that beast of a move next year, you don't want to lock too much of the money up because I look at Cobb. You know, like I said. Arietta, I see as a number two starter on a on a team, like a solid number. I just don't see him as an ace carrying the team. That's my opinion. Because of his age, or you, no, you've never seen him as an he, ace. He had two years, two really, years. two years where he was an ace. He had two years where he was an ace. We're talking about real baseball, not fantasy, right? Yeah. Okay. Two years where he was an ace. So you get mixed up sometimes, so I want to make sure to bring you back down to reality a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Two years That's where all. he was an ace. Anyway, and I think Nola is a solid number two. And then if you bring in Cobb, but I still think Cobb's a three. Yeah, it's just I don't see him. I'm not really a big – I think Cobb's a decent pitcher. I would like to have him on my staff. Would, but okay. I, don't know, I don't know that I want to spend the type of money for him. Do you want Alex Cobb or Nick Pavetta? If you're talking this year – you want Alex Cobb is, or Nick Pavetta? If this is going to prevent me from doing a – bigger deal next year with a guy because I'm locking Cobb up for three to four years. And then if Arietta doesn't pan out, now you got $150 million floating out there on two guys. It's not your money. It's, it's not, not your good. money. Let them spend it. They came in this year, they were $28 million they had as a payroll. $28 million. Come on, man. Well, the, yeah. They can afford to spend some well, cash. Uh, yeah, but that was... Those numbers are early. One, those numbers don't come into fruition until the season actually starts. Nah, look at this team. You have a bunch of Super 2 guys. You have a bunch of, of rookie contracts. Alfaro, Nick Williams, Altier. Okay, Herrera's getting paid peanuts because they gave him a six-year deal. Well, uh, J.P. Crawford, Ryan Hoskins. You just hit up 25 mil. Okay, all these guys are getting paid peanuts. Get paid peanuts. Spend 
the money. Okay, we we've been suffering for too long. Spend the money. For they two, tried. You yes. had a World Series parade two years ago. I went through 19, 19 years of here under five hundred. Here we go. What do you mean? Here we go. You're here complaining. Go. You about, had your heyday back then. What back when? Back when Barry Bonds, Bobby Bonilla, Andy Van Slyke, and how many World Series? How many World Series they went on? Zero. Exactly. So go a little. Go ahead. Dig a little further. Go I ain't born yet. Years? I ain't born yet. So I'm. I'm just saying. Bottom line is, hey, 19 years. I'm not even talking playoffs. Under 500 for 19 years. So don't tell me about your. Oh, that was back in 2008. We had the uh, World Series. That was 10 Series. years ago. Exactly. Well, I went through double that. Not even sniffing 500. I don't care about your Pirates. Well. You know what? You're going to make me not care about your damn Phillies. <laughs> but speaking of baseball, right? Uh, this isn't the Pirates, but how about this? Okay, and I, I think this should catch on. So, you know, again, talk about the Phillies. Uh, very exciting time coming up. Can't wait. Uh, we're going to talk about little Baltimore Orioles are in the news, uh, which I like. They're, they're going to give away some tickets. I like this. So every parent who buys a regular price upper deck ticket Gets two free seats for kids nine and under. I think this is great. Should more stadiums do it? Absolutely. I mean, this is a great deal to get people out to the ballpark. I know the Phillies have a, um, I think they have a spring pass, it's called. Uh, you can jump from game to game. But this is a great way to bring people back to the ballpark. Because let's face it, baseball is different than football. I don't know how many baseball games you go to. Uh, you ever been to Candy Yards? No. Okay, Candy Yards, I mean, it's... Christ, how old is that? It used to be. Remember, it was the modern stadium. Yeah, back. Yeah, a great stadium. I've been there yeah, a dozen times. Uh, but again, no, does it like a minor, You ever go to a minor league baseball game? Yeah, yeah. And the Phillies minor league games are fantastic. If you could go to Reading, Lakewood, Lehigh Valley, I mean, it's a fantastic atmosphere. Uh, very reasonable if you get a bunch of kids. But I think this is something that should catch on around the league. I mean, it's just something. I mean, come on. I mean, you're talking about two upper deck seats or what? Fifteen bucks, twenty bucks. Is it really killing you? No, it brings more people out. You know, you know that twenty dollar seat, right, is going to double in concessions. I, hey, right. I'm a businessman and I know my marketing as well. And I, I will tell you, anybody that has a nine year old or under, and you go and put them in any confined space with food and toys and oh. things to buy for three hours. Plus, try to get them to sit in a seat for nine <laughs> innings. That's not happening. So every two innings, you're walking around, you're getting ice cream, you're getting oh, you're uh, uh, crab fries, you're getting, you know what I mean? Then you got to stop at the souvenir. Well, I don't have a hat. You get a program. You're dropping 60 bucks in there, man. That They should have been doing this, especially you look around Major League Baseball. I mean, it, it is pathetic, some of, like, how empty these oh, Major League stadiums are. It's absurd. Are. Pirates are the same way. I mean, Tampa Bay, Miami. like Tampa is brutal. Yeah. I mean, it's it's terrible. I mean, it's terrible. You look at, and you look at it on TV, and you're like, what's wrong? Like... <laughs> Why is there nobody anywhere? And that's just that's what it is. So hey, they need more. Of you know, it's like really anything. You, you, hotel rooms go on sale. You have unsold hotel rooms. You get them last minute, fifty percent off. Do something to fill the seats, whatever I, it is. And listen, hey, you walk in that door, even if you buy one soda, that's six dollars. Oh, it costs easy. them twenty five cents. The ice cream's I mean? like ten bucks. So yeah, and that. Dude, two sodas, that pays for the ticket. Easy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, you know, I got, speaking of ice cream, when did, what do you call, when did Jimmy's become Sprinkles? I used to call them Jimmy's. Did you call them Jimmy's? Yeah, I called them both. I, I, I walked up to a Rita's Water Ice the other night, and I said, uh, can I get a chocolate custard with, with Jimmy's? And the girl looked at me like I was crazy. She said, you mean Sprinkles, sir? I'm like, oh, now I'm feeling See, my I age, thought right? Jim, I thought Jimmy's was a Pittsburgh thing because I don't think my wife knew. I always Jimmy's said Jimmy's. Or, I don't know. But I, my thing is, ready, check the, and what, 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 I'm, I'm going to call a little violation here. Okay, Jimmy's, you could buy a, a a big thing of Jimmy's in the store, or sprinkles in the store for like three bucks. Okay? Where, number one, where do you get the 71 cents for sprinkles? But where do you get the 71 cents from? You know, I, I got one ice cream with sprinkles, 
It was five bucks, dude. That's insane. Like, it, it cost me, I can eat at Chick-fil-A for the same amount of money that I go to Rita's for. I mean, I thought Rita's was like a treat. It's like, it's become uh, a, an absurd yep. amount of money for some of this stuff. It really has. I just I, I just know I always called it, uh, I always called it Jimmy's. But maybe I'm nuts. She looked at me like I had two heads, but that's okay. I'm getting used call, to that. I, I, I called it Jimmy's, but I think I had to uh, change my ways when I when I was out in Philly. Did you? Yeah. Well, they, they used to call Jimmy something else too. <laughs> yeah, I'll just yeah, I'll just say it. But um, yeah, man. Speaking, well, there's no Jimmy's on on the Eagles here, okay? But speaking of, you know. Uh, prices and marketing and contracts and the Eagles in the news making some trades. Um, very interesting. Michael Bennett trading for Michael Bennett. What you think when, when you seen that come across? And, and and I know this is hard for you because you're a you're a Pittsburgh guy. I know you're a Steeler guy, and you, you hopped on the Eagles a little bit this year, which I appreciate. But what are you thinking when it goes by and you see eat breaking news? Eagles trade Michael Bennett. What's the first thing it's that comes to your mind? It's a steal. It, it is. That, it, they gave up yeah. nothing. Marcus Johnson. No, nothing. <laughs> they Mar- gave up nothing. So, Marcus Johnson, and they did give up a fifth-round pick, and they get a seventh-round seven. back. Okay, yeah. Uh, but, which fifth, will probably, seven. with Howie, all turn into a fifth anyway. Whatever. Hey, when you're when you're muddling in fifth and seventh-round picks and you're going to bring that yeah. caliber no, player right. in, I don't care. Michael Bennett. That's in, I, And then... As we're, that wasn't enough. Oh, well, the best part about this was the Patriots wanted him bad. And, and the Eagles yeah. slipped in there. And I love it. I love it. Anytime you can, you can outwit Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft, it, it's a win-win. Uh, except the only one greater would be uh, Jerry Jones and the Cowboys. But So you, you trade for Michael Bennett, which is, a, a, like you said, a steal. And then a couple days later, you turn your mediocre – overpaid receiver that's most likely done in Torrey Smith. Okay, he was signed here for one reason. That was to beat somebody out. And I think he beat one guy all year, which wasn't the Super Bowl, thank God. Uh, but 29 years old, a guy you were going to cut anyway for a 23-year-old corner from West Virginia, uh, play with Rasul Douglas, Darrell Worley, who had a up-and-down year in Carolina. But again... You got something, a, a depth move, uh, a nickel move for a guy you were going to cut. Another fantastic move by Howie Roseman. Yep, a steal. A steal. I two mean, steals? Yeah, two steals. Two steals. What, what, oh, there's you, no question. Two steals. I mean, uh, there's nothing. Hey, I, I'm not a salary cap guy. I don't know how all the numbers play out and the money this way, money that way. How much You're not a capologist? No, I am not a capologist. I absolutely would love to be a capologist. I could be a cap, but I don't know all the rules and regulations, and I ain't got time for that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know how all the numbers play out, but in terms of what you gave up for what you got, you just made the Super Bowl champions better. And that's and that's a big statement. It really is. And I, and I do, um, obviously, as we sit here on a Wednesday, and we're about, what, two and a half – Three and a half hours away from the uh, 4 p.m. deadline uh, for, you know, to, to put your roster in, uh, you know, for a 314 to see who gets cut, who's going to get signed and all that, all that kind of stuff, all that, all the finagling, all, it, it comes to fruition. Um, but you never know what's going to happen next. I, I, I keep thinking that this move, I you have a lot of, of guys on this team that are making a lot of money right now. Uh, we're still nine and some change over the cap. Um, we still have to make some moves. Obviously, everybody keeps talking about Vinny Carey, what's going to happen with Brandy Graham. Uh, you know, I'm looking at the corner situation, and I'm thinking, you know, this move was not made just to re- recoup something for a guy you're going to cut, but a guy you're going to use. And I think they, re- I think they like Warley. And I think they look at him as like a Jalen Mills kind of project, to a, a guy that, that can play. And I think inevitably that I, I still think it could be my gut, and I'm not going to talk getting the dead money, cat money, and all that. I think Rodney McLeod gets moved. 
Uh, it's my gut. Um, I know a lot of people talk about Darby, but I just I, I feel the move. You cannot afford to pay two safeties top dollar. And let's remember why we were paying two safeties top dollar. We went after Rodney McLeod because our defensive backfield was in shambles. All we had was Malcolm Jenkins. So what you do is you solid, you know, you fortify your safety position, your free safety and your strong safety, and then you draft or you add guys on the outside. So that was what they did. Well, now they don't need that. So now they have to look at this and say, okay, what can I do? Maybe can we slide Jalen Mills to the safety position? Um, you know, do we keep Ronald Darby? Do we trade Ronald Darby? Um, there's so many different moves. We have to see what Sidney Jones has. But inevitably, I think somebody gets moved. I still think something happens. And if my money is on McLeod. Yeah, something's going to happen. I mean, there. I, I can't believe how many moves have been made in the NFL. Oh, the NFL it's, has been crazy. Yeah, it, even even in season, even preseason. I mean, the whole getting Darby from the get go. You know what I mean? This the Sammy Watkins trade. I mean, there was. It's it's just been nonstop. I mean, look at. I mean, we were going to talk about this later, but you look at the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, the Cleveland Browns. Okay, are my new most exciting team in football. I know I was all over the Niners with Jimmy G, and I still like the Niners. And if you ha- if you haven't seen the reports, I told you they were going to go sign Al Robinson, and that's the guy they're looking at. I'm telling you, he's going to sign. It's going to be a, a a fun team to watch in San Francisco. But how about these Browns? So in 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 two days, they trade for Tyrod Taylor, they trade for Jarvis Landry. Now I'm not a huge Tyrod Taylor guy, but I, I let, let's think about what they're doing here, right? They're essentially saying to themselves, we now are drafting Saquon Barkley at number one. To me, that's what they're telling them. Because now you have a stopgap for one year. And now at number four, I still think they go quarterback. But I think they say to themselves, they know they might not get the one guy that's ready. I think there's only one guy who's ready to play in the NFL right now. And I think he'll probably be one of the worst quarterbacks out of the punch. But... I think this says to them, now we get Jarvis Landry, we have Josh Gordon, we have Saquon Barkley, we have Tyrod Taylor, yo, Corey Coleman. This team can't compete, man. And the best part is they still have five picks in the first three rounds and $114 million in cap room. I'll tell you what, Sashi Brown did a hell of a job. Okay, left it to, left it to um uh to Mr. Dorsey comes he used to be a longtime GM in Kansas City. He's the guy that's going to write this ship, as you see what he did with these moves. So, what do you think? I mean, they're they're kind of in your AFC division over there. Uh, you, you know, are you I, I, are you looking the at the Browns time, as a threat? For the first time in my life, I actually might want to go to Cleveland to watch a game, right? Because I've had no interest of actually making that trip for uh, what has historically not been. You don't want to go to uh, watch uh, Bernie Kosar and Ernie Byer, right? Yo, remember those days? Yeah. Yeah, right, I mean, I mean, Cleveland's days. a bit. Think about that. J- Jay those, Schrader, those were the days Jay when you Schrader were broke. A team for the those Cleveland were the Browns? days when you were broke and you didn't have money to drive up to Cleveland. You didn't have a car. You weren't paying for a hotel. So um, it's, it's like the movie Major League. Yeah, basically. remember these guys shitty. Yeah, and uh, man, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean, they they've been so irrelevant so for so long, and you know, and that's the thing. I met the Niners. And you mentioned the Browns, two historically prestigious franchises with, you know, with the Art Modell years with Jim Brown. Uh, you know, you look at San Francisco between Bill Walsh to George Seifert to Eddie DeBartolo years, Joe Montana, Steve Young. These are teams that just, they, they, they you know, they would breed talent. They, you know, they made you excited to watch, and they've been so bad for so long. Thank God. I think it's, it's only good for the product of the NFL. For these teams to get better. It really well, is. Well, and I want to go back to your uh, Browns draft board. And okay. I, I agree with you on... Saquon? They sh- I agree with you that they should absolutely take him number one. Yes, no doubt. And you take 
a quarterback at number four. Yes. Now, where I disagree with you at is, one, I don't think they're going to do that. Why? Because I've just seen them with the number one draft pick 50 million times. We both agree that that's what they should do. Right. My gut feel is they're going to take Sam Darnold with the number one pick. Oh, that would be horrendous. I agree. I completely agree. That would be horrendous. Now, what I will say is, I don't, you know, you said there's only one of the quarterbacks. I think Rosen's the only guy that can play right now, but he's going to be Joe Flacco. Well, I don't put it this way. If I'm drafting a quarterback, I don't, NFL ready or not, I want the guy that is going to be my franchise. I'm going, uh, that's it. And I don't, I'm, I'm, we don't know who that guy is. I'm telling you right now, I am not a college. uh, Me neither. I'm with you. Look at that stuff. I don't know. I mean, I've watched them play in games, but I don't dissect things. Uh, you know, I don't know. There's a bunch of – there's four to five quarterbacks in this class that could potentially make a big difference in the NFL. I mean, that you see, obviously, I'm not talking about a six-round Tom no. Brady gem no, we're or not something like them. that. But just in general, I mean, there's a there's quite a few quarterbacks that can make a difference in – I I, w- I would I'd be lying if I wasn't hoping the Steelers might move up a few picks and maybe dabble. That put it that way, that would make me happy on draft day. Why? You have a Landry Jones. That would make me happy on draft day. <laughs> but no, and, and and the thing is the Browns cannot mess this up. This is their last chance, right? And, yes, and, they and, can mess this up. No, yes, they can. Well, no, they can. But what I'm saying is in, in, in actuality, they can't. This is where I think, you know, for the people who know me uh, and the people that follow me, I've been so critical of the Sixers because I think this Markel Fultz situation is the same thing. If you mess up that pick, then that hurts you going forward. He's such a vital piece to this team. If that draft pick, that spot, it doesn't come along anymore. Just like the Browns. This is when are you ever going to have one in four? You can't miss. You ha- and and for all the pl- people out there that say, "Oh, never take a running back with your first pick," right? I you know I've been I've been preaching Saquon Barkley, and everybody tells me I'm nuts. They keep saying, "Oh, how many how many Super Bowls did Minnesota win with Adrian Peterson?" Listen to me, Minnesota did not have one in four. You have one and four. You have a luxury. Okay, let, let, let's say me and you go play GM real fast. We're going through the top four picks, right? I'm Cleveland. I take Saquon Barkley. The Giants are taking a quarterback. I don't know who, but the, I, the Giants take, take one. a quarterback. They take one. Indianapolis, they're not taking a quarterback. They're taking a lineman. Yep. So one quarterback is gone out of, what is there, four, four. would you say? Three. Four. Uh, three. Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Josh Josh Rosen, and uh, Sam Darnold. Oh no 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 uh, no Baker Mayfield, huh? See, I'm a Mayfield. Uh, I guy. I well that that I'm just like saying I, I'm a Baker put Mayfield. Put it this guy. way: I see those three as, as going above. Okay. I, well, I'm not even saying where I necessarily rank. Okay. I see those three as kind of the three to go to. It 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 eerily reminds me of. Philip Rivers and Eli Manning yeah. and the Steelers fell into Ben Roethlisberger sitting at 11, I believe, when all the hype was on them too. So I like that. When I mentioned the – I agree with you that. Know, you said Baker Mayfield, and I mentioned moving up. and uh, I was having Baker. the inklings in my Tom brain like, Baker. hey, if he sits down and he, he falls down to 13 and you can make a move to get a successor. Where where did where the Steelers pick at? 28. 28? 20, yeah. Or 29. They're going to make a big move. Well, 28, 20, I don't know. Move. They're Put it this way. You lose in the end, you're at the end. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. So, it, it's going to be interesting. and I, now Not to waste a ton of time on the Browns, but I just think it, it, it's going to be exciting. It's, and it has to do with the NFL all season so far. And that brings me to well, one question. God, God, what's no, that? I was going to say, I mean, it, it should be exciting. I mean, taking it even to a fantasy perspective, I mean, exciting. Oh my, it's it's like yes, exciting, but you don't uh, you don't know what this team is gonna do. The Browns have, are fantasy relevant. But, well, think about that. Well, They're yes, fantasy football relevant, John. Think think about this. You have a brand new quarterback, so he's throw, so the two existing receivers he hasn't thrown to. You got a new receiver coming in. 
You have a new running back potentially coming in if they get Barkley, like we both said. You have a new offensive coordinator coming in and Todd Haley. I, I hate this argument. It's, what is the argument? The point the is the argument you, is they're professional football players. Yes. They should know how to play together. And don't give me the gel. I need the gel. We need spring. Stop. Because dude, there's always two takes, sides of that argument. It's going to take a year. If you think that they're uh, going to well, be yeah, in the playoffs next year. First year. Why don't we just bench everybody because they're not going to learn how to play together. I don't know. Uh, I, go ahead. I, that's so, You're the Browns I, I hate that argument. I really do. So you, you, you I know, do. I'm sorry. I do. Our, it doesn't matter professional or not. You understand a quarterback to receiver, the timing is impeccable. You're right. That you have to have. You're right. And you don't just pick it up in four for weeks. To an offseason for it. Well, all right. Well, have- may, may, look, look and, and not because he's Carson Wentz, okay? But what happened to Carson Wentz? What did he do? Yo, come on out to North Dakota with me. We're going to practice, right? You, you think – you think that Larry Fitzgerald doesn't walk, work in the offseason with Carson Palmer when he was relevant? Of course he did. They get their timing down. So they didn't use training camp. So guess what? All these, they're big boys now, right? They're getting paid to, to, to do a job. Doing not play a sport, off, to do I, a job. I agree with you, but doing the offseason training in North Dakota is not getting your timing down. When you Why not? When you have a quarterback no, playing a bump for, and run no, wait you, a minute, though. you are not you're, getting timing nah, down on your route. You're forming a relationship, aren't you? Yeah, oh, okay. I'm not saying that you're not forming a relationship. I'm not talking from a personality standpoint. No, I'm talking about football I'm, relationships. And that's what I and what I'm saying. It's not a football relationship. It's a timing and knowing where your buddy's going to go. I don't care what sport you play. I don't care if it's professional. I don't care if it's amateur. I don't care if it's kids that are playing in the backyard. Until you play with people on a consistent basis and you get to know their tendencies and how to work with them, it takes time. Professional, amateur. No matter what, that's what it takes time. So who, who, what was the one of the top rookie running backs last year of fantasy running football? Running back is one. Wait a minute, hold on. What position. was one of the top rookie running backs of fantasy football last year? Was it was it or not Leonard Fournette? I, for How that, much yeah, time did he need to gel with the Jacksonville Jaguars? I'm just asking. Did he play from day one? Running back. Right, wait different. a minute. You said the whole team. Did he play yes. from day one? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So. What was there a quarterback this year, or a rookie receiver that played at all? Was there any rookie receivers in NFL? Did Odell Beckham Jr. when he played, did he have a decent statistical year? Yeah. Okay. What happened? I'm not saying that it doesn't happen. Did it they, will happen. Did, did they win the Super Bowl? Did no. they do anything? Not talking but, about winning and, the Super Bowl. We're talking about if the Cleveland Browns win seven games, they won the Super Bowl, for Christ's sake. I'm not I'm talking just about saying. winning seven games. What I'm telling you is, <laughs> look, with these guys, I'm not saying this year they win seven games. Once they have a year under their belt, they can go and push nine games. They can push for the wild card. But I don't see this entire team coming together. Todd Haley is a pain in the ass to work with. Yeah, but I he's going to air you, it out. Tyrod Taylor is lucky he got traded because he could have been out of the NFL. Josh Gordon is one arrest uh, or drug addiction or relapse yeah, away. He's good, man. For, Johnny Manziel's not so. there anymore. I, hey, so he I hope have so. no influence. He's I good. hope so. I'm just saying, <laughs> look, you it, you can't just take all these pieces. Jarvis Landry, was a, he's a beast. And he okay. was a beast because, and I truly, I'm not saying that he's not going to do it for the Browns, but a lot of it had to do with the piss poor quarterback play, and the and the game plan that he always they always had to hit to him underneath on on 50 million balls because they couldn't move the ball. Guess who he had thrown to him last year? Yeah, the same Tyrod Taylor. Why not? No, who did who did Jarvis Landry have thrown to him? Matt, Matt freaking Moore. Moore. Okay. Tannehill. So if he can Whatever. play well with Matt freaking Moore, he can play well with Tyrod yes, Taylor. Yes, he can. Okay. But you also have Josh Gordon and Corey Coleman. Okay. I'm just saying. And now you got a new offensive coordinator. And you there have been quarterbacks that have come in. They look, for years and years there could have been a number one receiver. This was the number one receiver. All of a sudden you switch quarterbacks and now that guy's not the number one receiver anymore. All right? And and he prefers to lean to another guy. Yeah, but how often does that happen? I think it, it happens more I, I don't often think it than happens. not. I, I don't think it happens that often. You see it even look. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. Go- Aaron Rodgers hits Jordy Nelson like it's going out of style. Now all of a sudden, his backup comes in. What's his face? Devontae Jordan- Adams. No, that no, that's the receiver. I'm saying 
Aaron Rodgers oh, back. Brett Hundley? Yeah. Brett now Hundley. All of, now I all throw of a better than Brett Hundley. Exactly. But the okay. point is, now he's hitting. It's like Jordy Nelson wasn't even there. Because Their number one, Jordy Nelson couldn't run. Quarterbacks he's, he's knee favor, injury. Quarterback receiver nah. combination. Why are we arguing me. about the Browns? I don't know. That's just the way it is. <laughs> I mean, You're the one that got aggravated I, when I said, <laughs> I don't care. When you have a quarterback and a receiver come together for the first year, they don't put up their full potential of what they're going to see in the second year. That's my bottom line. No, I, I'll give you that. I just think that they're going to be a lot more relevant than people think they are. And they I think they're be. going to be an exciting team. I really do. Which brings me to the Ndamukong Sioux factor. Now, word is that he's going to be getting released or, you know, if he was released. Uh, and we weren't aware of it yet because obviously there's tampering that goes on. And there's paperwork. We all know that. But the question I have, would you sign Dominican Sioux? I'd, I'd sign him. I mean, I'd sign him in a heart. I would, yeah. I would send an Uber and Uber his ass right to the NovaCare Center and give him whatever locker he wanted, okay? And I would introduce him right away to Mister Jim Schwartz, and he would be one of my guys starting on that front line. He is that damn good. And you got to sharpen up his cleats for the next guy that he steps on. Oh, uh, say, I'll see sign to him too. Let, I'll listen. sign him too. I mean, I. I, See, I, I don't bet. know. Where, I don't know where the money's. I don't know what the money's going to be. I don't he, know. What... He, obviously, if he wants to win, okay, he's made uh, and this whole sign for free. We're not going to get into. Well, I'm not, nobody signed it for free, but obviously, you get to a point. He's 28 years old. He made. He signed that ridiculous contract, 60 million guaranteed. He doesn't. He's not hurting for the dollar. Okay, so right now he's made statements that he wants to win. He wants a shot to win a ring. And now we are now we are the New England Patriots of the NFL right now. We are the team that people want to play for. Okay, that's why we got Michael Bennett. That's why Ndamukong Sue wants to come here. Okay, that's why Alshon Jeffrey signed an extension to, come, to stay here after a one-year deal. Okay, we are the team people want to play for. So yes, I would sign him in a heartbeat. You are right. Does he have some issues? Absolutely. Mikey Goog checks in and says, cancer in the locker room. Well, here's the thing, though. You, well, he, he, he kind of is, but you built this team with, with a culture and a character that you have so many guys that are grounded. That one guy, because let's not face it, there was another guy in Miami named Jay Ajaye who got traded here because he supposedly had some character issues, right? He was pretty good when he came here because he seen what was going on, right? Um this is another guy who I think would see what was going on. Well, he's, um, he's a very he's an intense guy. He wants he to win. He is an intense guy. So you go from the muddling Detroit Lions for all them years that could never really break through. You're they're always sitting at yep. nine and seven, eight and eight, wild card. You know what I mean? But never really going anywhere. Then he goes to Miami, same thing, muddling muddling around in mediocrity, and yeah, he wants to win. I don't know that it's as and especially I mean. You know how you were when you were younger. You mature a lot from age 23 to age 28. Age 23, you're still uh oh, I agree. Kid, you know what I mean? And you just start yeah. looking at, look, I've been here. I've done this. I know that, you know, this is kind of about me now. And as long as your financials are taken care of, you you know, you. It, it's not so much that you want to go out and prove something to the world. You yeah, know what I mean? There's nothing left to right, prove. exactly. So, I mean, I don't really, you know, I wouldn't have went with Kaepernick, but I don't have a problem with Sue. I mean, imagine, okay, and I love this. So, I love Mikey Goose. We're going to have Mikey Goose on the show one time. Uh, he's going to crack everybody up. So, you know, he writes, imagine Sue, Bennett, Cox, and, and Jernigan on, on one line, right? It's phenomenal. I mean, it's just, it. The best line in NFL, he, he, and I quote, Jim Schwartz would be would be creaming in his pants, right? But it's the truth. I mean, think about as a defensive coordinator, when you have these guys, these horses, Bennett, who can play multiple positions, right? He can play inside. He can play outside, right? Amazing. If you still have BG on this team, Brandon Graham, you still have Derek Barnett. I mean, the rotation on this team would be phenomenal. So, um I say you sign them. You, you throw all your eggs in one basket. Let's repeat as world champions. What do you say? 
You in? Like I said, if 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 the money's right, yeah, I would take them. I mean, I don't know. It's I don't really see it as a thing of need. I mean, no. you can never have enough depth. You can never have I'm enough. I'm not on saying the line. that. You win between. I the mean, trenches. I don't know. Uh, win between the trenches, right? So you can never have enough. Yeah, I mean, never have enough. Or or do you take the cash for him and try to go get your Tory Smith replacement? I will say, I think you know I think I mean? they already. I'm not have saying that. it's a bad move, but uh, I, I think you'll find that in the draft. I do. I think you'll find out in the draft. So speaking I, I, of, I heard I heard Usain Bolt uh, wanted to play for uh, the Eagles. Maybe Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> I keep hearing all the same. Maybe he had a little issues out in Tampa. But speaking of champions, and we've touched on this. I love well, we touched on this a couple weeks ago, and it just became so relevant this Sunday. Okay, and I tweeted out. Sundays are so much better when Tiger is in the hunt, right? I don't know if you watched it. Tiger Woods was phenomenal. Again, the comeback continues. This guy, I'm telling you, I I, I got goosebumps. If anybody's seen it, he finished at second, um, tied at, at nine under. He was one stroke off the championship. He had the infamous 44-foot putt on 17, which was, it was unbelievable. I mean, the crowd was into it. But what I have to ask was, is there is there anyone that's ever been as powerful as Tiger Woods in all sports? Because this guy, when he's on, everything stops. I've never seen more athletes tweet about him, celebrities, people. Everybody was watching Tiger. I don't think there's ever been, whether it be Michael Jordan, LeBron James, who are in basketball, but he encompasses so many different cultures, ethnicities, sports backgrounds, you know, what, what, you know, you know, society, whatever it is, he just encompasses everything. And I don't think there's ever been anybody that's had a stronghold on the people like Tiger Woods. Oh, and I, golf exploded because of Tiger. Exploded. I mean, more than anything else. I mean, it's you know, it's not the you know the golden bear back in the day, and and uh, you know, there it's just. Well, he's going to win different. that. Speaking of golden bear, he, he his Augusta. His Augusta odds that were sixteen to one are going to be in or single shoot, digits. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure to answer this because up. he he was right there. He was right there, and you could just hear the roar of him walking up. I I tweeted out on Sunday. This felt like the old school Tiger and um and Phil walking up to eighteen for that you know that final pairing. So it's just good for the game of golf, and I'm just glad on Sundays. I have something to watch, and he, you know, it's good. He's he's forty two years old. He's got at least ten years of prime golf ahead of him. Oh, and he, if he yeah. can stay, if he can stay healthy, and he can stay grounded, focused, yeah, uh, it, it's it, it's going to be a nice thing to watch. And yeah. speak speaking of champions, we got some NCAA basketball to talk about. Oh yeah, uh, selection Sunday, which was boring as hell. Uh, John says he watched it. Oh, yeah. I, I'm sorry, but I lasted about 15 minutes and just said, I'm done. I'm getting tired of it. Just announced the goddamn bracket already. I mean, come on, for Christ's sake. Okay? Um, <laughs> we asked a question. Uh, you know, I was uh, before I was looking at the bracket, I seen that on ESPN. They, they asked the question, does it pay to be the top overall seed? Not a one seed, but just the top team ranking of the field of 64. Does it pay to be the top seed? And, it, you know, it's an interesting question because over just a few statistics, over the last 13 years, only three of one titles, which was Louisville in 13, Kentucky in 12, and Florida in 07. One runner-up, three Final Fours, two Elite Eights, one Sweet 16, and three second-round finishes. So, it, you know, at the end of the day, it just shows you that anything can happen in the tournament, right? Any team, whether it be a 16 seed, whether it be an 8 seed, whether it be a 1 seed, at any time, anything can happen. So, I what, I mean, John, any surprises? I mean, I, I'm not a huge let, – let while we, we get in this segment, I'm not a huge college basketball guy. Okay, I, we're going to talk memories in about two minutes. But as far as this bracket, the only thing that stuck out to me, I don't see St. Mary's. Yeah, it's just, St. Mary's right? didn't make it. It's yep. just that one team is synonymous with the bracket. I mean, there's no St. Mary's. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, every year there's teams that uh, the last four in, the first four out, and, you know, the bubble watch. And, I mean, some teams get gypped and some don't. I mean, there's teams that are in there with sub-500 conference records that made it into the tournament. 
There's teams that have single-digit losses that didn't make the tournament. So, I mean, every year it could be criticized and critiqued and, you know, make it better, make it better. That's that's never going to go away. But I'll tell you what, there's never a lack of surprises. And I tell you what, every year guaranteed there are upsets. You know oh, what I mean? No doubt. And I'll tell you what, the 8-9 matchups and the 7-10 matchups, that's a coin flip. Don't let the numbers fool you. You know what I mean? And you're going to have at least one 11, 12, 13 seed move on past the first round. So, uh, yeah, it's an exciting time. I tell you, I love this week. This is this is the uh, uh it's 4 days of pause from fantasy yeah. baseball. When the brackets come out till tip off on Thursday, fantasy baseball takes a break. Then I get to watch all the games and continue my uh baseball talk. And if anyone wants to fill a bracket out, uh it'll be on Twitter. Uh, we have the heat ratio bracket, CBS Sports. I started it. I have it on. I tweeted it out. Free to join. Me and John will play along. There'll be other people involved. So if anyone wants to join in, please throw your teams in there. It only takes a couple minutes. Um, any, any, anything that sticks out to you, John? Any, any, any? Do you have like one team? Maybe you think maybe going to raise some eyebrows. Who, who are you picking to win the whole thing? This is oh, the first. I, I haven't. You haven't even got um, to that point I, yet? I mean, no, I have not. I so, have not so you got any there, team are, there are tons of teams. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a real quick hit on. Give me a quick hit because I want to talk, I wanna talk uh, memories of Final Fours. Because. Absolutely. Uh, here's, here's my teams to watch out for. In the South, number four, Arizona. Number seven, Nevada. In the West, number four, Gonzaga. Number 12, San Diego State. In the East, number nine, Alabama, number seven, Arkansas. And in the Midwest, I'm going number five, Clemson, versus number four, Auburn, SEC battle in basketball. I like that. That, SEC, used to that college football. Now you got uh basketball, right? And I I wasn't putting any one through three seeds in there. That's pointless. You know what I mean? So, I I touched on a little bit. What, What, you know, I asked this. And I got a lot of good response. It was pretty cool because I know th- things. What, like, I just asked, what are your best tourney moments, your teams, players, coaches? Like, when I say tournament, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Now, I'll tell you my real fast, you know, because I I had um, I had a great youth basketball coach uh, growing up, and he introduced me to the palestra. Okay, I went to, he took me down one year uh, to the A-10 tournament, the Atlantic 10 tournament. And I was sitting right behind the basketball. I mean, right behind the net, the basketball net. And, you know, there's benches. If you've ever been to Palestra, it's a great old-time uh, facility. And it was back when Calipari was coaching UMass and Cheney was coaching Temple. And I was sitting there, and I'm watching Eddie Jones dunk right in front of me. I'm watching Lou Rowe, Marcus Canby. I mean, these guys, this this is what I breathe when it comes to college basketball they're they're you know i remember the unlv teams you know that you know with the amoeba defense jerry tarkanian biting on a towel i remember it couldn't stand still can't stand duke okay watching bobby hurley and watching grand hill and those teams that were synonymous with basketball unc teams okay with dean smith then the kansas with roy williams until roy flip the UNC and Bill Self in Kansas. So many different memories I have. The, the classic Chris Weber calling the timeout that he didn't have, right? A Fab Five. Uh, Mikey Goog Sexton, obviously, Leitner shot. We all remember the late. Her shot her around the world. Uh, I'm going on a tangent. What do you got, John? No, I was, I was thinking the same thing with Michigan. Oh, and I'll, The I'll Fab Five, you, baby. That and the Running Rebels. The, yeah, UNLV. UNLV, oh, that, the running Rebels. Yeah, man. Oh, right, ready? I'll, I'm going to test you real fast. Uh, what was that starting five? We got Larry Johnson. Right. Was Grandmama. It, was it uh, – it wasn't Greg Anthony, was it? Greg Anthony, Greg, yep. Greg Anthony. That's two. And I, I swear I swear, I didn't look this up, people. Uh, yeah, no. George no. Ackles. Remember George Ackles, number okay. four. You know, Anderson Hunt. Oh yeah, see. Oh, yeah, see, no. I lost you, didn't uh, I? Yeah, you. you, yeah, get, you yeah. Lost so me. you had that's who you had. You had Larry Johnson, you had, uh, uh, George Ackles, you had Anderson Hunt, Greg Anthony, and Stacy Augman. Bam! Yo, that now that was a team, yeah. and they brought that amoeba defense that nobody ever seen. But man, Duke still beat them. 
They Bobby Hurley. Uh, let, let's talk. Bobby Hurley, Grant Hill, Thomas Hill, Christian Leitner. Did Cherokee Parks play on that team? No. Yeah. Was that no, later? Cherokee was a couple. Yeah, he was a couple <laughs> I mean, years later. I, I, there's this. These are the memories I have. I mean, this is when I real. I mean, I remember Arkansas, the Razorbacks yeah. with Nolan Richardson, with Todd Day and Lee Mayberry and Corliss Williamson. This is when I really, really was into college basketball. I mean, so many Sherman Douglas on Syracuse. I remember watching with Jim Beheim. Um, I remember watching Paul Pierce and Candace, a guard named Adonis Jordan. Uh, you know, I, I, there's so many names because I was, I was just such a fan, man. I, I'm getting yep. hyped right now even thinking See, about it. I know. I know. I mean, there was just, I mean, the, the, the fights between John Chaney and Calipari were just were phenomenal. They really were. Um, you know, it, it just – the the yeah. best thing about the sport is anything can happen. Well, at any and time. you know what, the excitement's always there. Oh, you know, we we rambled time. off how many names, how many. Players, oh, I, how I, many, I, how many I'm just teams. getting started. And I, you know I, what, the the board, Purdue board with, with, with Gene Cady, Bobby Kremers with Georgia Tech with Brian Oliver, yep. and uh, I, I can't remember who the other Dennis Scott. Okay, uh, Kenny Anderson. So many. And, names. And, oh my and god! And you know what? You know what I want to see. What I'm looking forward to. Is What's I'm that? looking forward to these small schools. Yep. They're going to get the upset, and you're going to watch these kids play, and they're just going to go out there and beast, and you're going yeah, like, li- li- like to fall school, in love right? with some There's guy. There's so many you know different I mean? names out there. Yep. Oh, yeah. One of these small schools, I'm telling you. They're, hey, UMBC. You, oh, I know. UMBC. Well, with the retrievers, the, the retrievers, retrievers. I like that. I UMBC like that. retrievers. So we, so to break it down, yo, real fast because we, we're running out of time again. I want to give John a fantasy firebox real quick. Does you got any updates for any couple players we can throw out there? We got about three minutes left. I got seven tidbits. I could be done. All in right, a let's minute. go. All break, right. break it down like Chris Berman, so, baby. Otani, Otani, apparently. There, a lot of major league uh, coaches and scouts are saying there's a hole in his swing, so he may be very susceptible to the inside fastball and curveball and this and that. But give him the heater. But his his well his his <laughs> arm is major league ready, but they ain't gonna send him to the minors to work on his hitting. Nah. So now, nah. um, you know, we already touched on the Phillies rotation is basically set: Nola, Arietta, Velasquez, Pavetta, and Eikhoff. Until they sign Cobb. Well, sure. <laughs> Neil Walker is now a New York Yankee. I seen that. Does right? that impact Gleyber Torres's major league debut? He's, I mean, he's going to be starting in the minors. So it's a lot of but, power that lineup. Well, yeah, it is. Well, and I'll get to that in a second. Paul DeJong, I have not been a big fan. I think he was a little overrated. I still think he's getting drafted a little high, but I'm starting to warm up to him a little bit. I still don't think I'll have him on my team. I can't select him. He reminds me of a condiment name. <laughs> Brandon Morrow, apparently the Cubs coaching staff, they're digging him as the closer. They're saying that he's just as good as any of the other ones they had, which I believe include, included Chapman at one point. So, yeah. you know, you got to look at that. For he, if he ain't going in the top, maybe he puts a good season together. Ronald Acuna for the Atlanta Braves. He may start in the minors, but he's going to finish in the majors. And I see this guy. He could be that guy that comes up in May and contributes to a fantasy I like those guys. And then I got two last names. Raphael Devers for Boston and Greg Bird for the Yankees. Greg Bird's an interesting cat. These guys are both going to be hitting in the middle of those formidable lineups. And I'll tell you what, while everything might not – look good from their peripherals and everything. You put these guys hitting in between the right players, and I'll tell you what, they can't help but run into home run or RBI and run opportunities. I like it, man. That was a quick minute and a half. John's fantasy firebox updates. I love it. Yeah, I love man. it, man. I love it. Well, we're going to wind this down. And one hour just, just flies by. It really does. and uh, it's, it, it's great talking. This, this has been – you know, the support, real fast, I just want to thank everybody. Our, you know, our numbers, uh, we're over 10,000 uh, so far, which is, is, is phenomenal. Uh, I never expected that. Uh, I want to appreciate everybody out there downloading. The ratings are going up. Um, the reviews are getting on. Please 
subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, you know, everywhere uh, online, wildfireradio.com or on Twitter at the Heat Ratio. Sign on for a bracket. I mean, I can't say anything else, man. Just thanks again. For your host, I'm signing off. I'm Tony Cotillo at TCotillo23. My John, co-host. John Coker at PGH John 36 And you guys enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks for listening in, and we'll see you next Wednesday. Enjoy the tournaments. <laughs>